0: You are listening to Lady Red Live with You Are Not Your Talent, Season 1. So welcome to Lady Red Live. This is Kylie Fisher and I'm so glad that you found my podcast. Now personally, I've been in the entertainment industry for over 15 years and a creative my whole life. With this idea, you are not your talent, I ask my guests to look past what they do and really find out who they are. So thanks again for being here. Let's get started. Welcome to Lady Red Live with You Are Not Your Talent. I'm speaking with a mastermind, musician, singer and creative from Sydney's music scene today. So let me welcome, drum roll please, the one and only... Mr. Daryl Beaton. Now, let me start by asking you: How many times have you been on social media today, Mr. Daryl Beaton?
1: Today, uh, I, I've just been—I've been on Messenger a bunch this morning with my band. I've been trying to do roll call with my band every day, so just—which I call them my band, but they're my friends, really. So, uh, I'd say about three or four times at least.
0: That's a pretty good answer. Some other people have said they woke up and rolled into Facebook. (laughs) So very healthy. Very good.
1: Uh, We we, we got out and about and went for a bike ride. First thing. Yeah, we're trying to keep a balance of uh, just not obsessing over Facebook and what other people are doing and just, you know, staying physical.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So Mr. Darrell Beaton, uh, let's start off with a career highlight. I'm actually really excited to hear about this.
1: Right. Um, well, even even firefight that we did a couple of months ago was that was uh, that was a huge buzz. Uh, I th- what was it? I forget how many, how big the crowd was. But um, I, I got to play, play to that 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 stadium twice with a couple of artists, and just walking out and just seeing a sea of people, and um, you know, just great vibes about doing the right thing and having a sort of a community spirit that that was definitely a a highlight um in Mm -hmm. terms of playing live um you know there's I guess there's there's different elements of highlights so there's the the live playing highlight and then there might be like the studio highlight um I always like to tell the story of working with Kanye West is like the a bit of a that was a one that came out of left field that ended up being a highlight um in terms of just recording and leaving you know leaving something behind like leaving a recording behind mm. um so i mean i have different highlights you know oh, career highlight yeah that that would, that would be the you know playing live to a bunch of bunch of people and then the recording and then um you know playing touring japan with my own music that was a, a great experience mm. and sort of um sort of breaching the language barrier and still being able to excite people with music, with your own music, with original music. That was pretty special. Um, Yeah, they'd be the main ones.
0: We know that you're a a session musician as well, so um, maybe some of the artists that you have played for, that'd be awesome to, you know, hear a bit of that journey as well.
1: Yeah. Um, So I've sort of been the the Sony Sony guy for a while, so... um, I started as a young lad, played with Human Nature for a while, and then uh, moved on to Guy Sebastian. So we went out with Guy on about five or six tours, um, which was a which was a huge mm-hmm. buzz. He's a, an incredible singer and a huge talent, and and uh, we we sort of did things right when he first went out. We 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 had a big band and lots of singers and dancers, and, you know, so we, that was a great creative process. Um, uh, then obviously I've been working with, uh, Jess Malboy and Delta Goodrum for quite a few years now, uh, you know, Jess for, I think it's coming on 10, 10 years or something now. Yeah. She's maybe even longer. Wow. So, um, that's just been a wonderful experience. Just it's really, um, incredible to be part of something that's not only musically fun, but it's meaningful. We do a lot of meaningful work and. Uh, get around and do do a bunch of good things in the community, and uh, and she's just a, a fantastic human. So I'm really lucky to be part of that that vehicle that sheds you know, sh- shares a lot of love uh, in in Australia. Um, yeah, so yeah, session wise, yeah, bunch bunch of people. So um, you know, Katie Noonan. Um, well, I'm trying to think of other people. Samantha Jade, a lot of the pop acts. Um, Man, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's there's a few. I should probably have a list, but um, they're, they're sort of the main ones that I've spent time with, significant time with, anyway. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. I always um, I always love watching Jess Malboy. I think she's one of the like most authentic artists that we have, you know, in the Aussie music industry right now. And she just, you know, always just has that that spark of you know joy and. You know that realness, and because mm. you know we we love seeing that about artists. I think that's what makes them, you know, more likable mm. and appreciate what they do as an artist. Um,
1: well, I can I can verify uh, you know, that. I that. There's on, there's no one I, I know who, that's who's more genuine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in in every aspect of her life. Actually, I mean, so I'm glad that that gets sort of um, portrayed in her musical performances. But um, even in life, um, I've never seen somebody have so much energy for anyone and everyone's you know, she, she she's tirelessly uh, giving her energy even when I can see she's physically exhausted from uh, you know we, when we work yeah. we work hard we we tour or we travel you I mean you know how you know you, you live this life too so but I've never seen her turn someone away yeah. I've never seen her say a disparaging word about having to sign autographs or spend time with people or talk to people she is um, Mm. Easily the the most genuine artist I've ever spent time with, and um, you know it's kind of inspiring. It makes you want to step up and be not nice, be a nicer human, because uh, she's uh, she's just she's just that <laughs> exactly what you said. She's real, you know, and she's raw too, man. That chick, she comes from the bush, man. She's the real deal. She, yeah. if you, um, yeah, she, she she keeps it real too. So I I, I I love her so much. I can't say enough, uh, enough uh, good good things about that, that woman. Uh, I've been been lucky to spend time with her.
0: That's really cool. And Daryl, just speaking of, you know, your career, can we go back a little bit to like your early days? Um, you know, how, how did you begin? Um, where did you come from? All that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, well, a bit like you, I came from the bush. I'm from, uh, Tasmania, uh, Mm a little, a little beach town on the North coast called Devonport. And, um, you know, it was, it was sleepy, but man, as a kid, it was was mad. We used to mm. disappear in the morning and um, you know go to the beach, catch our own fish, cook our own fish. You know, come back before the lights were on. Now, it was safe. Oh, it was so a wonderful place to grow up. And um, obviously, p- part of that, my my mum and dad are both musicians. Um, my dad, uh, my dad was a drummer, and my mum's a singer. She's a fantastic singer. So we we kind of did the family band thing. Um, so you know I was always playing playing for my mom and, and dad would be there and um that was kind of my grounding i mean i started piano when i was about 6 or 7 uh, that was classical piano the idea was always always i was going to be a, a classical musician and um i had this dream i wanted to play uh um you know when I, well, I wanted to go to the paris conservatoire and uh, be a you know be a be a hardcore classical musician so that was my training and um I had the most amazing uh, mentor and teacher from in Devonport. Just got lucky. Just found a woman who just loved kids and loved teaching, and she just invested all her heart and soul in it. Mm. And uh, I was lucky enough to be on the on the receiving end of that. So studied from about yeah six or seven uh, classical piano until about 16, 17. Went off to uh, uni. Got lucky. Got a scholar got a scholarship to go to uni um, because to be honest, there wasn't any money there to go to uni. So if, you know, if I wasn't for mm. the uh, Tasmanian government, I probably, I might've been something else. I might've, uh, might've pursued a different career because that, that, you know, the idea back then was, you know, if, if I couldn't make, make it work music with music, I had to find something else to do. And, um, so I got lucky. Mm. Yeah. I got, I got a scholarship and went to uni, had great teachers there too, studied, uh, jazz composition and, uh, and performance, and then I sort of finished uni, and that's when I, um, I got the I got a, a bit of a an opportunity to come up to Sydney when I was about twenty one, and uh, mm. it was a strange invitation. I, I was working at a casino down in Launceston, and this woman said to me, she was a it was like a variety act, like a, a cabaret show kind of thing, and she said to me you want to do you want to come to sydney and be my my musical director and i'm like yeah um let's do this i, I thought okay this woman comes from sydney it was the big smoke to us so i thought oh, man she's rich she's uh, going to be yeah. she's going to take care of me it was going to be amazing and i and i got up here and it wasn't that it was kind of the opposite of that and uh, <laughs> I, I literally my bed was in a hallway i used to have to pack my bed down each day uh and it was a very modest sort of uh introduction to sydney but Look, it got me here, got me, got me in <laughs> Sydney, and got me, you know, in 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 the area where a lot of musicals happening and a lot of opportunities, and yeah, started getting my hustle on, and um, so that's kind of the brief version of my early early days.
0: That's really cool. You always have inspired me as a piano player for sure. Um, you know, setting up at gigs and things like that, and I just listened to you just muck around on the on the piano and i'm always in awe i've always said that you know i'm a singer who can accompany herself but well, don't you, ever book me you, for play, great, you play great man you play great piano i've i've i've, seen you. I've no seen you doing your thing
1: you're you know? amazing don't you don't discredit yourself as a piano player and uh, you know, obviously <laughs> you're inspiring as a singer too you got you so much ability it's crazy so and, and it's great that you play for yourself you know that's um, I think one of the most important things mm. singers can do is play some sort of instrument. And I think more specifically, piano is what makes um yeah, great yeah. singers. All the singers that I love and have ad- have loved it historically, you know, Stevie, Donnie, Aretha, all the all the classic ones, mm. they all can play some sort of piano because I think it, it just tune it makes you first of all it makes your tuning good. It also makes you aware of what the harmony is mm. that's going on around you, makes so it gives you these melodic options and you know and so I I think um playing piano as a singer is 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 arguably one of the more important things you can do and you do mm. it well.
0: Thanks man. Well Daryl, of course we we do know each other we've worked together um can you remember when or where that time was?
1: Oh sweet Jesus. Um I have, <laughs> I have traditionally the worst memory, you know. So uh, I, I was actually showing my kids yesterday. I've got a, a, a Google document where it's called Friends. It's a document where I actually write down in Google people's names and a description of what they – something that might trigger who who they are or how I know them or something like that. So I have, really have a bad memory. So I'm going to fess up and I'm going to say, no, uh-huh. I, I don't remember. I don't remember where can, – can you tell me? Let's, remind me, please. <laughs>
0: I feel in the early days of the piano room, so 2007-8, oh, okay. yep. yep. um, I feel like I would call you Robin Thick, and it probably <laughs> was because that song Lost Without You had come out by Robin oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought you were just this incredible, you know, yeah. you know, dude that had, <laughs> yes, exactly, that's the song. You probably, I reckon I've probably seen you perform it before. And to me, you were this Robin Thicke and then, of course, you know, got to work together years down the track and mm. I feel that probably would have been the scene. Um, but then again, I remember you having the Daryl beeden band and, you know, that was like the early days as well for me, you know, that same kind of era. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and probably coming to see you guys perform and you always just blew me away. So it could have, I feel like that's kind of a,
1: Let's, spot, let's, maybe. Yeah, let's let's go with Wear piano room. Piano room. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go with that. That's good. That was a good spot. That was there was a lot of yeah. great music coming in, out of there, and yeah, it was a good place to hang out after gigs. And I remember a lot of musos, great yeah. musicians, coming th- going through that place. It was really a really healthy part of the scene. Yeah, it was good. I got good memories. Were of that you place.
0: there the one Wednesday night? I didn't go because I was too cold, and Stevie Wonder turned up at the piano room.
1: Yeah, man, I was playing. I was, um, I was doing the gig. So, um,
0: there you go. That's the one night I missed out. I remember.
1: <laughs> we were. That was a mad night, man. We, so we're doing this little trio, and I and I actually saw Stevie's daughter, um, walk in. Uh, what's her name? Keisha, I think. And um, yeah, and, yeah. And I know that there's not a black girl on planet Earth who can resist when you when when you play through the fire. When, if you, when you start doing. Not a black girl on planet, or maybe maybe a female singer on Earth that can resist uh, jumping on that. So I started playing that intro when I saw her, and sure enough, she just walked over, uh, grabbed a mic, and another one of the BVs. They started doing it too, and so she she jumped on that, and then um, the Stevie's drummer started playing, and so we went through the song, and then we started playing Mm. a couple of Erika Badu songs and stuff like that, and then this is the this is the clincher. Like I'm playing. And so I'm obviously paying attention to 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 her and the drummer, and and it, w- it was set up so we were facing each other. And then I feel this this, this presence or or so, and someone sat next to me on the piano stool. And who do you reckon it is? Ugh,
0: Come who God, do you think I've it is? Got, I'm drooling and yeah, I
1: have shivers. Man, he he and he, he, <laughs> he just uh he just sat there. Oh. I, I I honestly a little bit of wee came out. I mean, this was one of the uh, this guy was my my textbook growing up. So anyway, so he sure. just he leans over he leans over to his uh his minder and he he just says ask him ask him if he knows any donny hathaway and so um mm. the guy asked me says do you know any donny hathaway so I, yeah I'm, I'm like yeah of course so i, st- I start playing um the, i start playing the the, the song for you ah. and this dude and he just started he just started singing it he's like a literally you know, thirty centimeters away from my face, singing uh, Donny Hathaway, and uh, it was uh, just otherworldly. You know, I, I, I'm I'm supposed to be a songwriter, but I find oh. find it difficult to find words to describe what that meant to me. You know, because I don't know, it's just a, just a huge musical influence. Like when and when someone's that sort of um, I don't know ingrained in you, and I'm so glad he was a cool he was a cool guy. You know, mm. I'm just so I'm so happy. I mean, he's just a he was, and he, he, mm. I loved that he wasn't serious about himself. He was taking, he took the piss out of himself. And then, you know, so we did that song and that was just mm. that was nuts. And then he sat at the piano for three hours, three three hours just playing while everyone sat around and it was weird. It was like I was just in Stevie's lounge room and he's just going through jazz standards. He just – he was singing like, um, you know. <laughs> when I fall in love. He's singing on all these uh, mm. standards and just ripping them up you know it was crazy it was yeah so yeah piano room my hair's
0: on end because that <laughs> still to this day is like you know in that season i was doing the the dinner sets at the piano room pretty mm. not ni- mm. pretty much from wednesdays the weekends for the dinner for the like seven till nine or seven till ten until the band showed up, right. and that was the one Wednesday night that I remember saying to Mark, um, Mark Diaz, look, oh, I'm just gonna stay home tonight. I just feel like my body needs to have a rest. Mm. And waking up the next morning to all these messages of like <laughs> get to the piano room, you know, and I just oh, to this day, this is like this. You never put your phone
1: on silent ever oh, again. It's
0: just so. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, exactly. I will never, but now I'm in, you know, the middle of nowhere, so I can't get anywhere if if that was to ever happen right now. But Mm. holy heck, I remember that so, so clearly. Um, Speaking of Stevie, my mum met him at the um, American Gospel Awards years and years ago in Atlanta. Mm. And I remember I was making a coffee at Glory Jeans at the time. I must have been 15 or 16 years old yeah. and I got a text from my dad. Mum's just met Stevie Wonder backstage <laughs> and I think I, you know, over poured the coffee <laughs> and went out the back and had to put my head in the ice bucket because I just couldn't, you know, I could not oh, wow. believe it as well. So, yeah, he is oh, just my favourite my album of all time is um natural wonder live in South Africa. Oh yeah that, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that yeah. intro that is my I can play that album from beginning to end and just that's what that is my favorite album of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm I'm just a yeah that that live album, The arrangements were just uh nuts. I remember studying that and uh what was it the the ending of everybody used to want to do the ending of um uh, Master Blaster, uh,
0: yeah, da, 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 da. and get it right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. actually did that at uni. Pat Madden was on drums. Yeah, Jarol uh, was on bass. Nice. I was nice. on keys, but then Phoenix jumped in. And was this the actual keys player, so I could sing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. Everybody's got a great Stevie story because I, I think the the guy just just you know shares love everywhere he goes. Is it's got a it's a real great life lesson to. For all of us to, to sort of, you know, do good, leave uh, what's the saying? Leave paint where it ain't, to make beautiful things and uh, mm. make people happy. I mean, that's really what, what we're yeah. here to do as music makers. Is that's kind of our duty, I feel. And uh, he's the he's the he's the pope. He's the you know he's our example.
0: Last thing on Stevie, like as a female, mm. he's one of the only. Like I only artist that I can sing every song and keep it pretty much in the same key that it's written in, <laughs> yeah, except right. lately. Like lately, of course, oh, yeah. change. But everything else, I can sing it in the original key. Yeah, and I love it. He's, he's like so a, good. His
1: fucking voice is like a rubber band. It's, how do you do oh, that? Mate. And it's not And it's not – what is he, 70-something now? He, that's not slowing down. Yeah. His, his range is – I mean, I think he struggles sometimes, but, man, how he can maintain mm. that.
0: I feel like we could talk about Stevie – all day long but we won't (laughs) (laughs) um let me ask you daryl in the past season so the past six to 12 months Mm -hmm. before of course isolation began Mm. how was your season what have you been doing you you mentioned the firefighting Mm. um the show and uh you mentioned on tour and things like that anything else in those highlights for you
1: just uh, just a lot of uh a lot of work with jess and delta that's been which has been great i mean that's that's uh regular work and it's always really good geeks too. Like, um, so that's, I was doing a lot of that and I've been actually working on some of my own music this last past year, which is, uh, you know, weirdly this being in isolation has been good timing to just kind of put the finishing touches on some new music. And, um, so that was happening last year as well. Mm. Yeah. So the past season has been, yeah, a pretty productive one. And, um, what well, probably mentioned I'm a, I'm a father of four kids too so I uh uh that's part of my season you know I always try to keep an inherent balance of ma- making great music yep. and touring and 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 uh being productive in that part of my life and then also you know spending a lot of time with them so I, I get a lot of time with my my kids and uh that's the way I like it
0: Awesome and do you manage that well like you you make sure that you um prioritize family time or is there you know there's an understanding there that of course sometimes you're really busy and how how does that go with you with your kids and your partner
1: yeah um well um for me to go away i make it worth it so if unless there's something it's got to be a significant uh you know financial decision for me to go away for any significant time my my, my wife is an act an actor as well so she we have an understanding that, you know, if you have a, you have a job or you have a, a gig, uh, I don't know what you call it in the acting business, but yeah, she, she goes away. Like sometimes she's on shoots for, like she just went away for a month. And, and so I'll, I'll, um, mm-hmm. I'll have kids and then, uh, you know, I'll go away on tour, uh, later this year, I'm going on tour with a, a couple of artists. So that'll be the understandings that we just shuffle, you know, and, uh, so for me to go away it's it's really gotta be something significant. I mean, I used to just go away at the drop of a hat, anything, if it's a gig, let's go. I'm on I'm on tour. But um these yeah. these days, uh, you know, I just I just love hanging with my littles, man. They're just um uh they're just opening, just it's just flowering. It's like every day some new thing that I, I'm I'm just not I'm not gonna miss it. You know, it's too precious. So yeah, yeah well, I, the, the balance the balance comes from just a, a real yearning to be part of that um, that early period of their lives because I mean they're gonna they're gonna go to school, and then you know, Dad's hustle game can, can be strong again then. But um, I just uh, I don't want to miss out on anything right now.
0: It's all about seasons, hey. Yeah. You know, there's always a season where you can really go right. I'm gonna I'm gonna push hard now. I'm gonna hustle really hard, uh-huh. and then just knowing that you know that season can come to a, a winter. And you can be able to step back and, and mm. know that, um, you know, that things are allowed to change. I feel um, with us, with musicians, is, you, you kind of can sometimes have that thought of, well, if I don't take that gig or if I don't take that opportunity, what if I don't get another one because I'm not at the right place at the right time, that kind of vibe. Mm. But, yeah, having it with, you know, pushing now and pulling back and having that really nice flow, I think that's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of that um behavior is fear-based um and I I just I don't subscribe to it, you know, if if you work hard on your craft and you right. you're good at what you do, um there should be no reason why you can't work as much as you want, really. Um if you, you know, if you think you, if you if you don't take every gig and if you you're not going to get any more work as a result of that, then the chances are you you're probably not. You're probably not as good as you thought you were, to be honest. That's that's. It that <laughs> sounds like a, a very, uh, almost crude thing to say, but it's not like it's that. That's not the reality on ground. You know, um, that's uh, that's not to say. I mean, my my hustle game is is strong. I hustle every single day, but I just change the way the hustle looks. Just like in you know you you described it as a winter. Yeah. It's a, a season and a winter. There's we're in a winter right now. In isolation and every. Uh, not being able oh, yeah. to perform is that's, that, that's a, one of the coldest winters we could imagine. But my hustle game is, I still get up man. Mm. I still, I'm still, like I told you before we did this chat, I, I've, I've done two online sessions today. I'm, I'm doing clinics. I'm doing, uh, the hustle game just changes, you know, it just, it morphs into something else. And yeah, beautiful. if you are intelligent about the way that you make your, your business broad in that you can do many things, this is why I've always been a multi-instrumentalist it's just it didn't make any sense to me to just specialize i mean i understand why people do it but partly because i got bored quick i and i also thought well if i can sing if i can play a few different things um i'm going to the opportunities for for making music and and having a living in music is going to be so much that the net is is is, i'm casting a bigger net if if that makes any sense and yeah um, great so, yep. um, yeah, we're in winter, but I, uh, and I hear a lot of people being a little bit quite, quite, um, pessimistic about what's going to happen from here on in, but I, I, I actually feel mm. I, I've got, I've got a different feeling about it. I feel that people are going to be starved for art and, and our our, our wares, you know, they, they're going to, people are going to need, they might, mm. they're going to need music. They're going to need to let loose after being, being isolated for months on end, um, the average person, they want to go dance. You know, that's just a normal, it's a really like a primal uh, need that people have is to, you know, I'm sure it comes from our, our, our like caveman days where we used to, to light a fire and everybody would go crazy around a fire or something. I don't know. I, I, I just feel, I feel it's different. I actually feel <laughs> yeah. there's going to be like a, a a breakout and and, and, a, and a, actually perhaps even a deeper appreciation of the arts after we, we get through this thing. I really, I really do believe that. I choose to.
0: Yeah, let's go let's down really hope so.
1: <laughs>
0: Maybelle was saying that when they did that um, live performance at one of the hotels in the city where they were having the the fourteen days quarantine, she said that that energy from all the balconies in the courtyard, yeah. you know, appreciating them being there, yeah. you know, was was such a different vibe than what she's ever had before. Yeah. And I was explaining to her, well, the difference was is that. Normally, our gigs are we're there because the venue requests live music. Mm. But most of the punters are there for their own reasons, and we're just there as an extra. Yeah. So of course, it was a different, it was a different mentality. And I said that would have been so incredible to have to perform because you would have had that feeling of we want more. Like, yeah. yes, we get to let out, you know, be free that kind of energy. and i I totally agree with you that I think, when everything starts to, you know, go back to society having a bit more movement, that they will have an appreciation for live music.
1: Yeah, all that stuff. Come, for me, it comes down to intent. You know, when you rock up to a gig, you have intention. There's int- there's the kind of like your um, your momentum is is dictated by your intention. Sometimes we go to gigs and we, we know we're just wallpaper and we're there we're there just to um, you know just to be part of the the the, the, the landscape of what's happening in, in a venue. So, but, but when you get to do those special gigs, like um, who was it? Maybe 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 it was talking about um, you. Maybe, yeah. You um, the intention is different. She's there. She's there because there's a need, and and her intention is to uh, lighten people's you know experience of being isolated. And the intention is totally different. So that I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the. Mm. The experience she had is different because the int- the intention is 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 completely um, new and and uh, revisited and um, I think that, I think that's an important lesson in that you know like um, oh, sometimes I get yeah. I, I crack it when when uh, I hear some musicians whinging about going and doing gigs or doing cover gigs or whatever man and it's um, it's it's yep. a privilege it's a really a privilege so you, the the in, you, if you're rocking up to a gig and your your in, your intent or your your attitude is one of um, I don't know, not, not entitlement, but just like taking it for granted, then I think um, you're going to, you're not going to have a great time. I, I always rock up, even if I'm playing covers that I've played mm. 200 times before, I'm going to, I'm going to play them like my, my, uh, my life depends on it. Cause if you, if, yeah. if your attitude is not one of, you know, privileged, having a privileged, you know, experience and um, trying, your intention is to bring joy to people and, you know, that, if you do it that yep. way, you, you're going to have a much better time. It's going to be, it's going to be a greater experience for you for yourself personally. So you know, on a selfish level, it's good to approach all our performances that way, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I always remind myself of, you know, 15 years ago, that first opportunity that I had to 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 gig, and that I I gigged for free, or I did it for like. I think I paid the band and I took 50 bucks because there wasn't enough budget. But reminding myself how much I desired it. Mm. And then, you know, when I'm sitting in a pretty dead energy piano bar, Mm -hmm. I at the end of a song, I go to myself on the microphone like, and the crowd goes wild. (laughs) Sometimes like they don't even think about clapping, you know, and I mentally... And still performing to that crowd that is is wanting more, mm. and that really helps that energy of going like, oh, here we go, yeah. you know. That re- like just changing the mentality because, and I think this is going to be what, like you said, this time is hopefully going to really refresh us all as entertainers as well to come back out with a new a new start, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I choose to, I choose to think that way. I, I really, I really do believe we can come out of this. Uh, Especially in Australia, because the the appreciation for arts is, we're sort of catching the rest of the world. You know, if you travel Europe or you know the US or whatever, yeah. Yeah. it seems like um, the the uh, the deep, deeper appreciation of of music and uh, you know and, and art in general is, is is prevalent. But you know, we're still very sports oriented, which is great. You know, I love my sport too. You know, I'm a massive soccer fan, and and uh, but that, that's an important part of culture. But I think we're going to come out of this with a with a with a deeper um, deeper appreciation of music and, and as, a, as a result maybe our, our musical identity is going to be sort of heightened and uh, we're going to grow you know like everyone being forced to be inside and creating is going to be a great thing there's going to be just a, a, a wonderful um, uh you know, surge of new content new music um so I think it's going to be a good thing.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Daryl, can you remember a defining moment for you at the beginning of your career? Uh, you did mention when you moved to Sydney. Um, was there, you know, after that moment, do you feel like there was anything after that that you were like, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm born to do? Or do you, was it more of just a flow?
1: I, I sometimes I, I I never really thought of doing anything else ever since I was a kid so
0: yeah that's cool it's
1: kind of like was there a defining thing that went well, i guess there was there, there's little um, milestones where i thought okay yeah i'm on the right path or this is um this is going to work um as a as a sort of a a lifestyle um and then yeah but i i couldn't i could never imagine a life without music being sort of the the, the driving force but yes, there were certainly times, really early on, like I mentioned. Um, if I hadn't got that scholarship, I, I probably I would have done something else. I would have. Um, I wanted to. Mm. I was. I was actually. Uh, I was a builder's labourer for a little while. So I, I was probably going to have to get a trade. That was just kind of the accepted thing. And um, yeah. So having those little milestones of saying, "Okay, you know, like getting some could be getting a great gig, could be getting a, another musical director gig, could be Another significant tour or something like that, you know, just the little things like that that you go. Okay. All right. Okay. This is this is working out Um, I can I can keep doing this and you know, just like I had some really beautiful people uh, In my path that sort of said encouraging things and and they were uh, Signals that okay, this is this is you're you're doing. Okay, just you know, keep working Um, so you know it's having those mentors you know i had some um yeah some people like uh like peter northcote was was a great influence he's a, it's like a hard-working session guy and he just just gave you some real real tips and um also sort of encouraging words i said you know you're you're kind of doing well and um so yeah that 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 was enough to to, to feel like yeah okay, I'll, I'll keep on this path but uh, a significant something that sort of went okay that this is it no it, it wasn't that feeling. So yeah like you said, more of a flow thing but with little little words of encouragement along the way or little little um, milestones.
0: Really cool, really cool. Uh, do you feel like there's ever been a moment in time where you've had uh, a breaking point, wanting to call it quits, um, you know anything in your in your in your world where it really shook it up?
1: Yeah, um, no, no. I'm gonna go with no. Um, even when it felt like yeah, nah, <laughs> yeah, nah, maybe nah, yeah, no. Just um, no, <laughs> no. I've never had that feeling. Even when like you know work is dry, or you. I love the way you described it as a winter. Even when I've had winters and or cold periods where like. You know, I've <laughs> had periods early on um, when I used to buy a bag of potatoes, and that potatoes would have to last me two weeks. And I was lucky if I got to throw a can of tuna in there. Yeah, it yeah. you know, like that's that's been, it's been that cold winter feeling of uh, is this going to work out? Or, but I've yep. always I've always had this deep respect for for music and art in general, and and somehow that's given me this reassurance that if I respect the art form, the res- the art form is going to respect me, and, and it's always come. It's always come up with the goods. I've always worked as much as I want, and I think that's because, yeah, I I respect the art form, and I and I I, I deeply respect the the people I work with. You know, I have a a a real love of uh, people, and especially people in our community and people people in our industry. There's it's just so so many wonderful joyful mm. beings that we can be around day in day out. You know, and um i think just approaching approaching work like that means that you're, you you're going to be you're going to be considered for a lots of work you know just having a um having a, having a positive approach to hanging out with people and um so i, I always talk about this when i'm talking about being a musical director it's like uh, uh, people having a a positive attitude or being socially nice people is something that I consider, like actually, a lot of the yeah. time, I consider that to be more important than their musical ability. You know, like obviously, people can play. A lot of people can play, mm. but being a decent human being and being fun to be around, you know, especially when you're if, when you're touring, you're spending, like, you know, six, seven, eight hours traveling, and then you're you're doing sound check for another few hours, and then then you know, the the gig portion of of your day is actually only like an hour and a half a lot of the time, you know, and so. The the majority of the time is just hanging out and just being a decent human being, you know, being fun to be around, being considerate, you know, and so um, I feel like, yeah, I feel feel like that's, that's been a significant part of it.
0: The word the hang has so much to do with, like, taking a gig as well. Like, when you get the dudes to go, oh, who's on the gig? And then, yeah. you know, you text them who else is playing and then they're like, sweet, that's a good hang. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. come up a lot in the last few weeks.
1: Hell yeah, yeah. That's that, that's so important, you know. I, I pick I pick people to be in, in these touring acts a lot of the time because I just – um, I can see that the the matrix of people is gonna work too, you know, you get different personality types and I can I can feel like, Oh yeah, that that drummer and bass player are gonna get along well and they know it you know, they they're similar vibe or you know, and then you know, having different personality types too. So it's it's uh, it's important, you know, the hang and the and the, the cohesion yeah, very in, cool. in these groups is, is really important.
0: And really important to know that every time you're on a gig with new people that is your that's the perception so you know you end up um gigging with the same people all the time because the perception of each other is they're they're a great person to work with and they're a great person to hang with um, and so you know when you get these opportunities to work with new people it's all about the that kind. it kind of is that um what is um first first interaction you know because mm. it is the first face level and then from that mm. it's like okay I'd love to work with them again, mm. and so I've had times where I've played with people and gone, uh, didn't really vibe. So you know, mm. okay, yeah. they're your fourth or fifth preference on your list of your, your musicians, and yeah, 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 that's that's a big part of you know working together in the gig scene.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's just that's just life, isn't it? I mean, some people get along with other people. You know, you can meet someone and mm. you know instantly you're going to be lifelong friends. It's uh, it's no different in the in our musical experience. You know, you can whether you you just come from the same place you know um i've definitely had i've met some musicians i I actually i met a i I did a jam with this drummer who was playing with harry Connick jr and we'd never met and we just well we had a just a had a jam session thing at at a club i was playing at, and it, it was instantly it was like we'd been playing together for you know 20 years or something and it was when you, I knew – it was like this instant understanding that, oh, okay, we come from exactly the same place. And it was weird. It's uh, really hard to describe. But, mm. yeah, it's like that. Some people – there's just that natural, um, for want of a better word, harmony between people. You see what I did there with that harmony reference? No, um, so,
0: yeah. It's that was great. Yeah, great. I was about to say synergy and I was like, you got me. Yeah,
1: that's what I did there. God, he's so musical. This guy knows the he makes musical references.
0: I'm gonna pause, yeah. and I'm gonna go tell my mum to stop um, deciding to bash wood right now <laughs> while I'm recording.
1: <laughs> I love it,
0: love it. So, Daryl, how do you keep yourself fresh and up to date?
1: Fresh and up to date. Um, well, uh, you know, social media. I follow a bunch of cool people on Insta. Um, I mean, a bunch of accounts that sort of spit new things i'm always sort of fishing on spotify i try to keep my you know musical diet really sort of diverse you know i listen to a lot of i don't know like scandinavian pop and african stuff Uh, whatever you know i I really don't ever want to stay in one lane so um i'm always musically fresh i'm always sort of learning new instruments if i can you know um Latest thing, I I just bought a clarinet and a flute. Been revisiting that. I used to play clarinet as a kid, so I've been revisiting that. I just bought a a Japanese shakuhachi flute. Um, So I'm I'm always trying to keep moving and and learning something uh, about music that I didn't know before. I just get a bit bored playing one instrument. So if I I feel like I'm stagnating, I'll I'll basically choose another instrument and learn something about it, which has been good because it means I can sort of speak – a few different musical languages now so you know if i'm working with a bass player or a guitarist i can mm. talk to them in that language or if even horn players and uh, woodwind yeah. players i can talk to them in that language and i can write for those instruments too if i have an understanding of how they how, how you play them and how, how they work so um yeah that's how i keep moving that's how i keep fresh
0: that's really cool i feel um my intellectual side of my brain the one that um reads the music and can fundamentally figure out music is for me is really hard it's like mathematics for me and I wasn't good at math I got kicked out of algebra I think in year 8 or 9 so yeah. I have to really work hard on that and I feel yeah. that's kind of why I I would rather you know learn a song vocally than having to sit down and really break down something on piano yeah. but that's of course the the journey um, being able to just go, I'm going to learn the flute or like, I think that's incredible. It's So cool.
1: Yeah. I, I was the, I was the opposite. So I, I, I was, re- I was really good at maths as a, um, especially in high school, I, I sort of did all the advanced maths, um, components and, uh, I've always, there's a, obviously mm-hmm. a deep connection between, uh, music theory at least in, and and mathematics, you know, it's music is all maths, you know, from frequencies to intervals to, yeah. Harmony—it's all all related, and if you if you think yeah. in terms of numbers, it music tends to be to make a lot of sense. So, um, but I always try also to, to, to try not to just be that analytical, mathematical, uh, scientific brain, and and, and uh, I put on different hats for when I am you know songwriting or producing, and, and try to take a different approach, and um, you know have a have a more sort of uh, global. Uh, global perspective on music, and not not get into the minutia of things, and just and and just sort of think about it in, in, from a different perspective. I think it's really healthy to to be able to to do um diff- have different approaches to to music creation and playing music. Yeah,
0: cool, really cool. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years from now? And that can be vision, or that can be um, yeah, whatever you want it to be.
1: Um. I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing. It. I want to keep doing what I'm doing, you know. I, I have a good balance between making my own music and right. other people's music. I still love playing, uh, you know. After doing it for a long time, I, I do have a a, a bit of a desire to get into um, film scoring. So I'm just sort of unpacking some of that and going back to my um, composition education and and trying to learn about those elements yeah. so I, in five years i think I'd, i thought i think i'd like to be doing more of that that's the only sort of um element i'd like to 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 explore more of because i just really love working with vision and i love working with filmmakers and i love um the role that music plays in in the, the, the theatrical experience i think that could be a lot of a lot of fun uh so yeah i see that mm. five years five years in five years time that being something that Will be a bit more of a uh, significant part of my musical diet.
0: I think score, uh, film score, is incredible. Like we watched um, all the Jurassic Park trilogy yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and then watched the Jurassic World after that. Right. And even just that, that score is. Yeah. You, you hear it and you know it. Like you know how it's so connected to the movie. Yeah. Um, and film score as well, like how much emotion you can put into a piece and you don't know why you're crying because – well, you, you know why you cry because it's the music because, you you know, I don't remember – I think in school we watched a scene with the music on and then watched a scene with the music off. Yeah. And it was the music that brought the emotion.
1: Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean – and um having the discipline to know that you're that's your role as a as a a, a writer is is you know that the that you are really a support an emotional support and not like a lead lead role if that makes any sense do you know what i mean uh, i think
0: that's great yeah it's yeah. it's a,
1: it's a, it's an art, it's a an art form that some people get right and you know i mean i'm i'm sure there's a, there's a big learning curve and movies wouldn't be the same like you said, without it, you know, so it's pretty exciting to, if you could create mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that and, and give someone an emotional experience like that, I think that'd be pretty satisfying.
0: This next question, we have touched on it a little bit already. Um, but right now, of course, we aren't gigging and we, you know, this isolation COVID-19 is never a, th- a thought in any of our minds that, you know, overnight all of our, all of our um, work would be gone. Pretty much, and and we don't even know when it's going to all start again. Mm. So, you know, the next few questions are: um, How has that been for you? And you know, how are you taking it? Or maybe you've had a journey in the last, you know, six to seven weeks. You can quickly jump into that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we, the journey, the journey. So, I mean, sort of things happened quite. I'm trying to say happened suddenly Yeah, so, so none of right. us could have been pr- properly Adequately prepared for How this went down And how quickly How our whole industry Collapsed, I guess you could say So Although, you know, so I had obviously had a lot of work Still lined up And for that to be gone instantly there's There's anxiety and panic that comes with that so you know, I'm I'm lucky. I got a, my wife is fantastic, and we just sat down and we went, well, what what are we going to do? You know, and and luckily, she's sensible, and we had saved, so we knew we didn't have to do something immediately, but we were going to have to change 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 direction or change tack in in some way, shape, or form. So we just um, the gigs the gigs shut down, but then like like I mentioned before, yeah, the, if you're broad in how you make music or you're uh, what you can do, what you can bring, um, then it's not hard to to cast the net a little bit wider. So yeah, it changed to, uh, online sessions. It changed to online. I mean, I was doing clinics, I was doing songwriting production clinics anyway. So I just moved them. I just Mm. set up a few cameras. Now I do it, now I do it in the studio. And, uh, so that's going to go out to the education department as well. So that, you know, I can still take care of business um and you know then then there's the i still need we, we still need to satisfy our desire to to perform so uh it felt unnatural not perform so you know the live streaming thing becomes uh normal you know i feel, I feel like i did i did i've done a couple of live streaming concerts and um, i plan on doing some more and i've actually done a couple of uh things for fringe festival with a, with a friend of mine, uh, Hugh Sheridan, which was weird because the, um, we would, they, they came to film it. So the film crew would come and set up, uh, set up cameras and then they would disappear and then we'd record and then, uh, we'd leave and then they come back because it wasn't allowed to be very many people in the room. So I mean, we're finding ways of getting around yeah. and still creating and, um, and, and using our imagination to still get things done. And, um, so yeah, yeah. The, the 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 sudden the sudden shutdown, yes, okay, panic. You're allowed to panic, you're allowed to have some anxiety, but then just get you know, what's the saying? There's a great saying, when you when you're walking through hell, walk faster. So we just got busy. Wow. That's we got great. we got busy, cha- just changed it to change the way we um, use art and and, and, and create art and, and, and make money from our art. So I've been doing five or six mm. other sort of revenue streams and, and ideas that I probably wouldn't do that much uh in my everyday life. But it's been great. It's been really good to do that. Mm. Um because when we come out of this, you know, they're they'll still be there. You know, those those revenue streams and those those ways of staying creative and and, and productive are still gonna be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so true about finding other avenues of, of being creative like This podcast idea and, um, you know, a few of the other projects that I'm working on, I don't think I would have got them off the ground right now because I would still be on another contract uh, in in the States and probably more focused on, you know, booking in another contract. So for for my personality, this has been the greatest gift Mm. to be able to work on the things that I am also passionate about Um, that I kind of just kept putting on the sideline. So I've, I've loved it. Um, and having, and like you said, you having a bit of an optimistic mindset about it.
1: Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, like, it's, it's, it would seem like a really obvious choice for someone like you who's, um, you know, you're, you're so, um, you know, affable and friendly and you have the gift of conversation that this would be something you you should probably have always Mm. done, but you know, the 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 opportunity you know you being forced into doing it in the, under these circumstances is, is it's going to be really uh, really productive for you it's great I mean you can, it's you've, you've that's a perfect example of turning this you know so called tragedy into a positive and you, this might be something that you'll carry on yeah. in your when when we return to normality whatever that looks like but
0: um, yeah yeah well I always said. I would go to radio when I'm not hot enough to perform any longer.
1: <laughs> it's not going to happen, babe. Not going to happen.
0: <laughs> right cuz you hot. can you can get, you know, <laughs> you can rock up to a microphone in your your your, uh, your bush boots, a pair of uh gym tights <laughs> and a beanie cuz no one knows what you look like. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've been joking about here, we, we've been joking about changing from our day pyjamas to our night pyjamas. It's just great. I love it. I love not having yeah, to put exactly. on, dress up and go yeah. anywhere. It's so good, so comfy. Yeah.
0: My feet aren't going to know how to walk in high heels after this.
1: <laughs> yeah, can you wear Ugg boots on gigs now? Have
0: to go get kitten heels again. <laughs> kitten heels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um... Cool. So you know uh, this, my whole series that I'm doing on this podcast is is you are not your talent, mm. and um, it's a, it's a great thought. You can always always put it towards, uh, you know, that creative is is what you do. Being a creative is what you do, um, but Daryl Beaton is who you are. So I want you to just touch base on, you know, what else do you see in yourself, and and um, you know, what are some of those things that uh, maybe. Who the listeners wouldn't know about you as a person, Daryl?
1: Right. Um, yeah, I suppose we, we we always get associated with. You know, what we bring to the public, and uh, you know, rarely, yeah, we mm. we don't really share the other more intimate parts of ourselves. For sure, yeah, I'm I'm always perceived to be just that. Uh, well, often it's like I'm just a musical director or a piano player and, um, mm. I mean, that's a significant part of um, my life and obviously, you know, anyone else who, who does this is a significant part of our lives. But, yeah, um, I don't know, what else, what is not my talent? Oh, you know, I have a deep interest in sort of philosophical ideas and, um, you know, I have a... a I'm, I'm a big family man, you know. So that's not something that I, I I don't really share a lot of my family side on social media or in my public life. I mean, that's just a a, a huge part of uh, what I am, and I I love it. I, I you know I love being a dad. I I um, mm. love navigating through um, through parenthood. You know, it's it's so full of challenges. Um, I mean we we've, we've been interrupted a couple of times in this podcast thank you for your patience but that's that's just the way it goes you know <laughs> that's the way it happens um i'm sure you'll edit out those moments but that's just uh that's a significant part of who i am and um you know
0: it's great
1: i think that's uh, if if i'm not talking about music then yeah i'm i'm a family man i am a um you know amateur philosopher i love Exploring ideas and, you know, religions and uh, why people act the way they are. I, I, I really, I'm really, I'm, I love being a student of uh, human behavior. I just think, I just find humans really fascinating. So if I'm not thinking about music, I'm, I'm usually thinking about why people are the way they are and how we why we act the way we are and how we can, how we can do better. And um, I love sport love sport I've been into uh soccer and uh martial arts I've loved martial arts for the longest time I just love the the that's another art form you know and a discipline and a and a, mm. a way of life and and same deal you you meet some really wonderful people in that community you know some people who are all about health and and um you know doing good things for themselves and others and and uh, about self-discipline and and protecting things that you love and care about. and So that's something I don't really talk a lot about. I've, I love that. I love um, that journey.
0: Yeah, back to the human interaction thought. Um, do you ever find yourself, like if you're out at a cafe, or um in a shopping mall watching other people's interactions so like i always feel that i'm like a cia in a restaurant and i'm watching another couple or a a, you know a group of people and how they interact or i watch the waitress or the waiter um you know they forget to put a menu over there and i don't know like i'm always i feel like my eyes are always watching other people in in society
1: well i I, it's interesting I, i I think, as a byproduct of being a performer, we're always our job. We're always looking at a, a, um, a volume of people. It's just by default when you sit in front uh-huh. of you know, when you play, you play to people looking at you. So you 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 it's like you <laughs> you are observing. Our job is observing people and observing human behavior, and yeah. our, and our skill is actually one of the, actually one of the survival mechanisms of being a performer is you can tell when people are. sort of mood they're in right so uh, sometimes i'll find myself looking out in the crowd and i go oh some shit's about to go down over there in the left-hand corner even to the point where sometimes often when i've been playing clubs i'm i I, i'm i know before the bouncers know and i tell the bouncers and do you know what what i'm saying so we we become we we, it's like you know reading the crowd is something we do to so we know what to what to give people musically but also reading the crowd we, we we learn to be really astute observers of human behavior and and body language mm. and all those kinds of things so I, yeah I, I, I enjoy watching people and uh, I, I enjoy inter, you know I enjoy interacting with people and I I find myself now I actually really enjoy interacting with strangers I, I, I actually um, mm. I read something recently about you know there, there, there's been um, people trying to measure what happiness is. So giving giving happiness a, a, an actual numerical value, <clears throat> and one of the significant things that they mm. found was that people who have a positive experience with with speaking with strangers have a higher happiness quotient or whatever the value was, and I, because a lot of people don't yeah, in, engage yeah. with strangers because they're they're fearful of you know being of rejection or that the conversation is not going to go great, but if you can get beyond that yeah. and actually uh, interact with strangers, then you you're you, you're going to be happier as a result. So and one of the things we have as performers is the ability to be able to cold, like cold talk to somebody, you know, we have to, we have to be fearless in,
0: yeah.
1: um, we have to be a little bit, not arrogant, but confident, confident about our ability to engage with people. We've had zero interaction with before. And that's just part of, that's part of our skill Um, so, you, the way you can navigate through that safely is by learning how to read people, you know. If someone comes at you in our environment yeah, and you can tell they're either, I don't know, sometimes you can tell how much they've had <laughs> to drink or, um, you know, with they're <laughs> aggressive, whether they're really, really happy or, you know, we, we just learn to read it so we can tell how we can manage it and uh, to make make sure it's a, a good exchange, you know, like a, a safe Safe positive exchange. So um, I, I like I like yeah, you know, I love observing people. I love observing crowds, you know, I can I gotta really that's a great skill to have and you, you get that over time.
0: I love that you said that. I've never thought of it that it's just my natural like I'm sitting having a coffee but I'm minding my own business but then I'm subconsciously watching the people around me I thought it was just I had an instinctly CIA investigation spirit but it is from performing we're on we're on all the time which is so great and the happiness measurement I love that yeah because I love talking to random people but I yeah, do it off this I do it off the gig like at a gig mm. I kind of don't want the drunks to come and chat to me I'll, I kind of mm. put up a bit of an energy of let me just do my thing and if I want to talk to you after I will. It's co- of course <laughs> it's not abrupt and it's not unfriendly. Yeah. But I think it's I'm in a different energy mm-hmm. but I can I can tell you from when I was a kid just I would I talked to randoms all the time mm-hmm. and I love it so that does it, that's so great about the measurement of happiness I love Yeah, so now
1: that. we have, a bit of a, uh, we, have a, we have a bit of a scientific um, basis for being motivated to go and speak to a stranger even even if it means you know incrementally you have to kind of put yourself out there it's it, it's got to be it's better for you um, and it's better for other people mm. too you know I mean, the more the more we interact I think the, the better we can do as a, as a society as a as a race of humans you know it can only be a good thing
0: Beautiful, beautiful, awesome. This has been so good, Daryl. Just a few more questions. Um, anything that you see for the university kids who are studying music, and um, you know their, their their dream is to be out there and working. Have you got anything that you'd love to you know encourage them about the music industry?
1: Yeah, of course. There's so much. There's um, great. There's so much great opportunity in um, in. Uh, so much great music that can be made, you know, and and I think we touched on before that we're kind of on the, uh, could be potentially on the cusp of like a real creative surge. And so, you know, Australia is finding its identity quickly in in terms of music and, um, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to, what's going to come out of it. But yeah, if you're looking to get into, to, to music, uh, just, take from what we've talked about like um broaden your your understanding and knowledge of different aspects of music um learn everything you can about um the business Mm. side of music too you know learn how to interact with um you know managers club owners your crowd you know your social social media interaction there's there's so many elements to Having a functional business in music because obviously that's what we all want is to be able to Make a make a living out of this and to do that you you, you can't kind of be too specialized I'd say you have to broaden your understanding and Abilities in the music industry and then you then you can then you can have a career in 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 music and you know I said cert- I certainly have had a great experience in music, but you know like we talked about before, the the hustle game is strong. So that means, you know, if it, if it means learning lots of instruments, learn that. Yeah. Uh, learn how to sing, great. Learn how to manage yourself, great. Learn how to do good deals, awesome. Do e- extra education. Learn how to learn about mm. theory if you have if 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 that's kind of your 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 bag too. Learn about, you know, um, you know, learn about touring. You know, learn learn about how how to be a professional on the on the on the job, and you know, turn up on time. Don't yeah. And and you know don't be an asshole and uh, around other people when you make a music. You know learn how to learn how to be be functional but still project your your personality onto music. You know, so I'd say it's an exciting time to be in the industry. You know, I think there's a there's going to be a lot of opportunity and we we're, we're kind of coming into our own as a musical society in Australia. So I I'm I, I'm pretty excited to see w- what's going to happen in terms of um, younger people coming into the industry. It's going to be great.
0: That's so great. I While you were just speaking about that, I had um, flashbacks of a few other people I've in, interviewed who said that when they were in uni, they would go uh, to the Civic or somewhere on a Wednesday or Thursday night and see you and the Daryl Beaton band perform. And um, they said there was that much, so much inspiration from that, you know, so many years ago where that was the inspiration oh you know and then they said years later ending up being on gigs with you and the boys and it's like that's that's incredible how you know once they are just watch you know you're an onlooker and you're watching your inspiration and then you do get into the industry and you end up just playing alongside the same the people that you once looked up to as idols and it's so it's a that's a great part about being a musician
1: yeah pass it on yeah I'm I'm, I love um playing with the younger musicians and, and I've never sort of wanted to be that sort of uh, have that elitist attitude where, you know, I only play with like the, you know, <laughs> the best of the best or the older guys or whatever. And you have your little club, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. i um always, um, especially in my musical director life, I'm always looking for, you know, uh, new players and people who I can see the passion, you know, I can see that, that, that they're serious about it and they they want to learn and they're they just i can see their hearts in the right place so I'll, I'll give opportunities to to those people as much as i possibly can and um so the, mm. yeah those gigs that we used to do in in terms of like the civic and uh you know those, those regular gigs where we are i guess we looking back yeah it was an example of um we were playing our own music and um developing a mm. culture and giving back uh you know it was a gig but we weren't making any money we were we were um Mm. we're definitely contributing what what we thought we were contributing to the to the betterment of the creative community by just getting up there sharing what we'd created what in whatever form it was and um yeah i think it's important that those gigs exist and that people support them and and that we we keep wanting to create art in, 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 in those sorts of circumstances. And um, they, hopefully those, those gigs are going to pop up after we, we get out of this, um, this pandemic situation.
0: Last question, lucky last. Um, if you could go back to speak to your younger self, what advice would you tell the young Daryl?
1: Uh, what the younger Daryl. I started singing late. And I wish I'd started singing a little mm-hmm. bit younger. So I'd go back and I'd say, Give it a crack, man. You I used to think that my and I still do to a degree, I still struggle with uh singing and in and certainly my, my wow. psychological approach to singing in that um I want to sound a certain way or um I, I hear things and I wanna be able to achieve that uh, with my voice but then I, I over time i realized that really it's mm-hmm. not about um the ability or the certainly the um the what would you say the te- the technical aspect of it. it's more about telling the story about expression about um yeah sharing sharing your version of a story in in your way vocally in your way so i i'd say to my younger self um just start telling singing and telling the story um and the voice will come and uh i think that would be the the musical advice i'd give myself um that other than that, I think I've always been kind to people. I think I feel feel like I've navigated even as a younger dude. Some some people tend to be a bit reckless and, um, perhaps be can cause a can cause a bit of dramas. I've always been a pre- I've always treated people. When that came from my dad. My dad was very respectful to people on his musical journey. You know, he was always a, a good dude to be around. Mm. So I think. And my mum, of course, but um, um, I think yeah, that's the main thing I'd say. Start singing, man! Don't worry about, don't don't be heavy on that's yourself. Cool. Yeah, that's it.
0: And here is here is me who has always just been like, ah, oh, he's just such a damn good singer and you know musician. This is from me to you, you know. Ah, oh, he can <laughs> do those George Benson's where he can play what he's singing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a different perception, yeah, um, yeah, which yeah. is really cool. So that's, that's, yeah, well, don't worry. Even though you started a little bit older, you are still a fantastic singer. Thanks. Buddy. And your harmonies are always on point. Oh, I
1: love it. You're the best. <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: Daryl Beaton, it has been a pleasure to interview you for my podcast today. And uh, all the best with with your kids and and um, this downtime that we're having, and I really wish you all the best for the future when everything starts to get back to normal. And uh, yeah, that's about it. It's been really great. Well, there it is, another episode of Lady Red Live with Daryl Bean. I hope that you've been inspired and more encouraged. And if you want to connect with Daryl, head to my Instagram at Live. On my Facebook, Lady Red Entertainment. So until next time, stay safe and be blessed. This has been Lady Red Live.